Welcome to Mondays, DJ. And maybe the last episode for two or three episodes where we're both totally sober and not hungover or still drunk. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, that's assuming that I'm not hungover right now. You could be you could be hungover I'm at not. 1130 on a <laughs> Sunday night. Um, or you could still be drunk. Uh, this is our first Monday episode. That's not necessarily true. Back when we were dropping them like once every four months, we could have... Yeah, I'm sure that we recorded a Friday Night Lights one on a Monday at yeah. some point. But first episode coming out on a Monday. Yes, and uh, twice a week. Uh, we. Uh, it kind of dawned on me like yesterday that this was actually happening. Like we said it was happening and that we were doing it. We had a plan and everything. And then I was like, oh, like we should probably like put this out on Twitter and everything. So if this is, if anybody missed last week's episode, first of all, go back and listen to that because it's got some important shit in it. And uh, second of all, welcome to Monday episodes. We're doing twice a week now. Um, We'll still do the reviews and the emails and everything. Those might be more skewed towards the Friday episodes. So I feel like the Friday, the Friday episodes are definitely going to like stay mostly the same as they have been. Right. I feel like Monday is like our lab rat where we get to kind of just try new things. Yes. And it's good because typically it's coming out of the weekend, assuming that we don't record it uh, well ahead of time. So when we do have our Bieber like experiences, you'll typically get those on Monday. Um, Speaking of Bieber, and speaking of music nice and La Palooza right that there. we're going to in Major Lazer, uh, Major Lazer, Bieber, and uh, my, my future misses. Came out with a, a bit of a banger on Friday. Uh, what are your thoughts on Cold Water? I liked it a lot immediately, right from the beginning. I ah, saw that you did. A little dig at me. Yeah. Taking a little dig. I, on the first listen, I was like, I understand what this is. Did you set the bar too high? I set the bar way too high. I, I saw the three of those. <laughs> and honestly, he could have, and I, I'm obviously uh, the planet's biggest Moo fan. They could have just said that Major Lazer and Bieber were doing a song together. And I, I think that Where Are You Now is like a titan of a song. Yeah, for sure. I, it's like, it's not. So I, 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 this is a dig at me, but I was not sold on that because I remember you played it on Sunday Skate, on the really? Sunday Skate podcast. And, and I was like, yeah, this do- song does nothing for me. But that song is probably my favorite of the, of the batch uh, like, of songs that right. he released last year. I think that Where Are You Now is amazing. Um, and I can't tell how big of a Skrillex or Diplo fan I am because I'm not huge into EDM. Um, Speaking of EDM. Right, yeah. This is an EDM-heavy episode. Uh, first time for everything. Not what you think. Right. Um, Diplo, uh, for all intents and purposes, appears to be uh, an asshole, and a lot of people don't like him. Big Cat. Big Cat loves to make fun of Diplo. Really? I, I don't, and he, he, like, I guess... He might brag about sex all the time, because oh, that that's it? what Big Cat. He's like, "Oh, congrats on the sex!" About like everything that he says. I don't, I don't know what the history of that is, but apparently Diplo likes to b- brag about sex. Nice. Which well, I mean, good for good for you. Huge shout to Diplo it. on that. Right? Yeah, <laughs> just getting it regular, man. I mean, you're a you're a, a successful musician, um, okay looking guy. I think we were all kind of assuming that. I wish more celebrities a sexually would, would, active cat. I wish more celebrities would brag about sex, <laughs> like like the Miles Teller picture when he just tweeted out that girl that, who we, we definitely had sex with. I don't oh, think no, so. We, we missed it by like a day. It yeah. was the like the, the way we'd recorded it was 
say like we recorded on a Wednesday and the episode came out Friday and he tweeted the picture on Thursday or something. But huge, awesome, big congrats on the sex to Miles <laughs> Teller. Not just congrats on the sex, congrats on owning everybody because everyone was dogging him for his hair and he tweeted out in succession, blonde hair, don't care. And then he tweeted out a picture of him with that gross ass hair wearing the <laughs> awesome... Um, is it Napoleon, American flag? Yeah, the suit? like Napoleon dynamite pants, okay. the uh, the like long <laughs> American flag pants with um, a very a attractive babe. girl with whom uh, we are to believe he has had sex, and <laughs> so he sent those within like a minute of each other to basically be like, you know, that hair that you're dogging, that hair is getting T- it. Took this one to Bone Town. <laughs> <laughs> this. The <laughs> blonde hair enters the uh, what's the uh, the bone zone regularly. <laughs> so, uh, big ups, Miles Teller. Congratulations there. Um, I, f- I feel like congratulations is the wrong word because now every time we say congratulations, you w- I want to finish it with congrats That's, on the sex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I uh, I feel like they should start making cur- congrats on the sex cards. But you can buy it like CBS. <laughs> That'd be awesome because people our age would be into that because oh, for sure. like that's a hipster thing to do. Buy a paper product. Maybe that's a merch idea. Yes. We make congrats on the sex cards. Congrats on the sex cards and uh, <laughs> the uh we can get Kathy to draw the pictures and it could just be like us like a real close up of us kind of staring at you. Like that's cuz that's the creepiest way you can can be congratulated oh, yeah. on sex is somebody like right in your face just not <laughs> right blinking after, right after you finish. You just right. roll over. Just congrats on the sex. There is Pete. <laughs> oh, Deej is on the other side. How'd they both get here? It's like that uh it's like that just for men commercial. Have you seen that one with like Keith no. Hernandez and uh Oh yes, <laughs> where they're that sitting. Is such <laughs> congrats on the sex. Yeah, where like the dude is in bed with like his wife or something, and they're like, sitting and on. They're on the like TV a booth, right? right? Yeah. yeah, they're sitting on like the drawer TV, <laughs> and they're just like Views. staring at him. <laughs> it's such a creepy commercial. That's well, in general, uh, hair. For, for some reason, people associate hair and shaving and guys with like. <laughs> <laughs> Sex. Have you seen uh, electric shave commercials? No. Those are fucking racy. First, electric shave, I don't know what the hell it is. It's like, uh, I think it's an aftershave thing, but I think it's marketed for if you use like an electric razor or something. Okay. It's some dumb thing, but the commercials, for my entire upbringing, I remember them being like extremely racy, where like a guy would shave and as soon as he was done, like sixty naked girls would be like, touching his face. <laughs> oh, everything. I do remember. I, yeah. I know those now. And I remember thinking, I was like, "Does this happen <laughs> once you shave?" I wouldn't know. Right? Exactly. I was like, "Hurry the fuck up, puberty." Um, uh, that's why we need to make this a video podcast. By the way, people missed our gestures there. We were yeah. doing heavy. We were doing heavy thrusting. Um, yeah. So i i want I want the, them to start making like shaving commercials now that are just like. <laughs> Oh, you shaved? Time to get in that puss. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's our that's our merch. <laughs> we're gonna send. We're gonna just basically copy Dollar Shave Club's model, uh, model, and we'll make shitty razors and we'll sell them, <laughs> promising that if you shave, get ready for sex <laughs> because it's coming. With our shitty razors, <laughs> dudes who have cuts all over their face, <laughs> the chicks stick scars. <laughs> Miles Teller. Right. Full circle. Right. Oh, man. 
Um, so, uh, speaking of Diplo, speaking of Diplo, um, we're actually, you know that we're going to miss, um, Major Lazer at Lollapalooza because the fucking Satanists that make those schedules up have, uh, Major Lazer and Radiohead at the same time, and that pisses me off because not only is Major Lazer going to be there, but Moo's going to be there, and I think they're performing the same day. So you know those fuckers are going to bring her out, and they're going to do like lean on and cold water and all that shit. So um, I've already planned the ideal scenario. I don't know if you saw what Father John Misty did the other day. I did not. Um, he was, was playing a festival. Move? It was a so I'm surprised you. Met. I retweeted it with three hearts uh, <laughs> because it was exactly what we talk about Father John Misty being. He came out and he um, he gave some speech about. Uh, like how how can you play music with the evil that's going on or something or like the night it was after a Trump speech and he was talking about uh, evil but he was doing it in the fucking uh, lit major speak that he does where it's like no one knows what the fuck you're saying and I'm pretty sure you don't know what you're saying but you're so much smarter than us that you get to be a dick about it so he gave this speech and uh, then he played us he played an improvised song and. Uh, then he played a cover of a Leonard Cohen song, and then he gave another long speech, and he apologized for writing Bored in the USA, and he was saying that entertainment is distracting us from all the evil that's going on, and he's responsible for it, and he, he, said, to take the, he said, take this moment to be really fucking profoundly sad, and then people started cheering because they didn't know what the fuck to do, and he was like... <laughs> No, I'm serious. And then he just walked off. Oh, so he God. played two songs. I'm sure it's Father John Misty. They probably gave him like an hour and a half or something. He played two songs, was a dick to the audience, and left. My hope is Radiohead does something like that, and they're <laughs> out of there in like 15 minutes, because that way we won't have to say we walked away from Radiohead to go listen to Major Laser because yeah. you can't not see Radiohead, even though I don't love their new stuff. Um, so my hope is that we can experience a weird Radiohead meltdown and then just I'd love go to see any kind of meltdown, honestly. I'm ho- there. It's a four-day festival. Well, you're probably going to see a meltdown from me. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, it's a four-day festival. Someone's got a meltdown. Yeah. Um, it's going to be in, in the heat. Yeah. It's it's going to be somebody's going to lose it. Yeah. But uh, real quickly on uh, on cold water, I did set my expectations too high for them because, like I said, I was hoping that it could be something close to where are you now or lean on. And the fact that it was all of them together is like, if this is even a little worse than those, it's going to be a huge hit and it's going to be a huge hit anyway, because everyone loves Bieber and everyone loves Diplo and they're learning to love Moo. But yeah, for me, it's, I think it's great. Um, If it was the only thing those guys had done together, I would, I'd want them to keep collaborating, but it's just structurally, and it's it's not like Lean On. It's not like Where Are You Now. It doesn't have the like. It doesn't have a, it, these dance breaks. Then that's what I like. In my favorite part about Where Are You Now is the dolphin sound, and my favorite part of uh, of uh, Lean On is the thing. So a little bummed that there's not one of those in there. What, uh, song of the summer potential. No, I, so I would put I would put uh, final song yeah, by Moose straight up over that. Yeah, I think I, I, this is like the what year. Is the song of the that's summer. what I was just gonna say. This is like the first time in a long time that I can't really pinpoint a surefire song of the summer. Yeah, it feels like every year there's like one where 
somebody says it and you're like, yeah, probably. Right, that's, yeah. That's the number La- one. I mean, last summer, where are you now, probably, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I, when, uh, when Final Song came out, I declared that it was... That was very early, too. Right. It was... Well, yeah, when it was, like, April May, or something? April, yeah, May, something Right, like that. so that's a good time to drop a, a song that you want to be Song of the Summer. And I don't know. I'm sure it has a bajillion uh, YouTube plays and everything, but I can't tell with Moo. I think that she's got a really strong international audience or something because you don't hear fuckers talking about her in the no, States. No, and I don't hear it on... I don't listen to the radio very much, but I, don't, I haven't heard that song very much on the radio. Right, which blows my mind it's like a spice girls song came out in 2016 think of all the shitty things that have happened in 2016 i was actually reading something the other day where uh it was from like a news outlet and they asked historians what the worst years ever were because 2016 is an actual candidate for like the worst years to be alive (laughs) yeah seriously and while I, i think that's a i think 2016 blows but i think that's a bit of an exaggeration uh yeah, an exaggeration. We can go downhill from here. Don't, right. Don't try them. <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Uh, fuck, fuck, fuck. Um, also, year. what? Worst year. Yeah. Uh, think of all the bad things that have happened this year. And we got a Spice Girls song in 2016. That's such a, that's like a top three highlight of 2016. A lot of people have died, DJ. Harambe died. Harambe, that's, I know, Harambe died. Terrible year. Prince died. Um Speaking of which, uh, Harambe Heatcheck, hotter than ever. Harambe Heatcheck. <laughs> yes. Um, I was thinking of, mer- because we were bringing a lot of options, of course, and I was thinking, um, I suggested to you uh, for one of your outfits, I d- can't spill exactly what it is, but to have a white t shirt where you just write a certain thing on it. And what if we just had white T-shirts and wrote Harambe on them? I'm down. I think that I think that people would love those. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm, I might do that, and I might, or I might try to draw Harambe on my shirt. <laughs> It'll just be a terrible, shitty ass drawing of a gorilla. That's you know what? That's a fucking good idea. Uh, everyone who's going to, we need. To, are we going to come up with a hashtag or anything for Lollapalooza? Well, just tweet at us. Uh, here's the game that I just thought of right now. Uh, at the end of each night of Lollapalooza, you got to bring a bunch of t-shirts to Lollapalooza. You got to bring markers. At the end of each night, you have to make your outfit for the next day. Uh, so, <laughs> so when you're blackout drunk, you have to draw your shirt for the next day. We have to go to brunch with the shirts that we drew at like two yes. in the morning. Yes, exactly. And it would, for us, just every day, we would have a different shirt that has Harambe spelled probably differently and <laughs> incorrectly. Each time. Uh, someone found a Harambe statue for you. Oh, right. Yeah. Did I you look into that? that? No. Uh, I, uh, I think I asked them, but I can't remember because I was drunk. Uh, they tweeted me a picture of a Harambe statue. And I was like, seriously, how much is that? Yeah. Ser- like, there's, I might start there's a GoFundMe. There's space in the studio. <laughs> that would be... I really want to do that. That makes me sound like such a cheap bastard. But I, I want to do GoFundMes for just good ideas I, I have well, that yeah, only I mean, benefit me. I... <laughs> I want to do it just to see how much money I can convince people to donate for, like, the stupidest of reasons. You know what we should do is we should start a GoFundMe for Save Harambe. <laughs> and I, fuckers would donate to that. They should. Right. I would donate it's to like, it. It's like, what, don't you care about Harambe? <laughs> Save him. Did you see the Bernie Sanders thing? No. Oh, man. So Bernie tweeted a picture of himself watching uh, the Republican National Convention. And uh, it was just him in his living room, and there's, like, a TV. And 
there were so many great things about this picture because it showed that he has a VCR DVD <laughs> combo and there was a tape in the VCR. Oh, uh, but there was also a shelf of photos. Yeah. And uh, did somebody Photoshop it? Somebody Harambe Photoshopped Harambe into it and spread it kind of innocently of just like, wow, like if you zoom in, it looks like he, he has a, a picture of Harambe. <laughs> and it was like, it was clearly photoshopped because you could see in the picture, like it's just all uh, family and old pictures, and then you see that that like one iconic photo of Harambe. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. It got it, thousands and thousands. Of I'm look, I'm pretty. Uh, I'm pretty concerned with how close Bernie Sanders sits to his TV. Oh, well, yeah, very close. I mean, he's going to be dead so soon. <laughs> um, I love him. You know, Not you to get, get to hang political. out with what Paul Who's Walker. That? Yeah, Paul Walker and Harambe. <laughs> squad goals, Paul Walker, Bernie, and Harambe. Um, God, yeah. Um, what, are we, <laughs> what are we doing here? Okay, uh, so transitioning to the next EDM part of this EDM-heavy episode, uh, this is our first uh, on-demand movie review episode. I'm We're very excited, very about, excited about that because... Uh, we toss it out there. What do you want us to review? And someone hit us up pretty quickly, and we both said, sold, yes, the movie. Pete, what is it? We Are Your Friends. We Are Your Friends, starring, that's right, kids, Zach Efron. We found our way back to him. We will be having a Zach, Zach Efron, Efron heat check. check. Yes, that's coming in just a few minutes. Uh, first... Uh, general thoughts on the movie. Pete, it was fucking garbage. That was a very bad movie. It was so bad. <laughs> that was. We've talked about We Are Your Friends a lot on this podcast without having seen it. Uh, that's something that we do. Yeah. Um, but man, seeing it was just like with Mike and Dave need wedding dates. It confirmed that it was an okay movie. That if you don't see it, you'll be okay in life. Yeah. Uh, we. By the way, Mike and Dave need wedding dates is a book. Right. It is a book. I was at Barnes and Noble, humble brag. Yes. Uh, I found the Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates book. I should have bought it. And on the cover of it, it was the movie poster. Yeah. Which I is the when, dumbest fucking. Uh, yeah. People do that. Right. Because you look like an asshole if you're reading that version. It means that you discovered the book after <laughs> the movie came out. Um, and then you were like, oh, this movie makes me want to read the re- book. Right. Read this fucking <laughs> book. And you. So if you see that fucking book and you see on it, it's like, oh, there are. There, I can experience this with pretty people instead of reading about these two fucking bozos. That just makes you want to go see the movie, if anything. Yep. Um, so, anyway, uh, We Are Your Friends is a garbage movie. Uh, it stars Zac Efron, uh, Emily Ratajkowski, yep. and uh, some other people. Here's my general take, and I'm excited about this one. We, I texted you. I said I've got a really good take. It's going to pop. It's like an EDM song. The movie is like an EDM song. There's a really, really slow build, and you're not sure what it's building towards, and then it drops, and it's the most disappointing fucking <laughs> drop in the world. Like, this movie seriously goes fucking nowhere. nowhere. It's terrible. Um, so, so, like, the worst kind of movies are the ones that you realize that they're bad while you're watching them. Like, yes. there are a lot of times Secret where Life you- of Pets was like that. Really? I uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, so I there are a lot of times you watch a movie and it like ends and you're like, eh, that wasn't that good. Right. It sinks and then in. other times you're watching it and you're like, I would rather be doing anything than watching this movie. And right. That is, we are your friends. That movie is more than ninety minutes long. 
That is they, awful. The, the fact that they made that movie and they thought, man, we, we can't cut any minutes here. This, <laughs> this one's got to be an hour and 40. Um, so an exercise that we came up with uh, is, as I, as I was watching it, I thought, I'm glad it's called We Are Your Friends because I, or I'm glad that they thought of a title for this movie, basically, is a better way of putting it, because I have no fucking idea what you call that movie, because nothing no. happens in it. And surprisingly, it's uh, not reflective of how douchey the movie is. Right. We Are Your Friends is like a, a decent title for, for a movie. It's intriguing. Yes. Yeah. So maybe that's why they had to, because it was such a piece of shit movie, they needed an intriguing title. Well, because that movie they... should have been called, like, Bro Puke. <laughs> God. Um, so we came up with other titles for it. We came up with other possible titles. Um, three apiece. Go ahead, Pete. Uh, the first one that I have, uh, this is a humdinger. Where are all the black people? Oh, my God. There's not a black person in that movie. It's a movie about music, and there are no black people in it. No black people. Black people don't like music, apparently, in California. Um, one track. No, no. <laughs> one track. <laughs> because the the first, like, 20 minutes is Zac Efron being like, all I need is one track. And you're like, oh, fuck, I hope he gets one track, whatever this means. <laughs> and uh, his thing is that all he needs to do is come up with, like, one track, and it's going to speak to people. It's going to change their lives. And, uh, I mean, I guess we can spoil it. He comes up with... I. Kind of at the end, he comes up with the track. Yeah, well, or at he least he makes a track. tracks. Yeah, he, he does a couple tracks. Yeah, he needed he needed one track, and you got to see him make a couple. Yes, so super duper. Congrats on the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> um, my uh, second one. Um, nope, neither of these people get naked. Ah, that's a very good. So I've got a similar <laughs> one for uh, one of mine. Um, you're not yeah. you, if you. If, it should be called. You don't see Emily Ratajkowski's breasts. Yeah. You have to watch the Blurred Lines video. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, or Zac Efron. Like, if you're gonna put Zac Efron, that's true. Emily Ratajkowski in a movie. Yeah, you, you, one of them has to get naked. Yeah, I will say, and we can get into this on the uh, Zac Efron heat check later. Uh, his arms are just wonderful. He's like the Courtney Cox of men. He was smaller. Just in great this movie. arms. He was smaller in this movie. Uh, yeah, I think they were more focusing on like facial porn with him. Yeah, they were. I mean, they, his his name is Cole. This might be a hot take. I don't think that he was the most attractive person in his friend group in that movie. Oh, the actor. I thought oh, the was actor. The actor was okay. I, I think Zac Efron is is pretty damn good. <laughs> um, karate uh, karate DJs. Because, and, and the only time in the, or there's two fights in the movie, they both last about three seconds long, and they're the whitest fights in the world. Yep. But one of them, uh, Cole, gets in a fight with his mentor. So real quickly, the movie is about um, a DJ who another DJ takes under his wing, and then the DJ, who is Zac Efron, bangs that DJ's girlfriend. That yep. is the plot <laughs> of the movie. That It doesn't go anywhere from there. Uh that's all that happens. So um, when they, the DJ confronts uh, Cole, Zac Efron's character, Zac Efron shoves him or something, and then he comes back and does like a... And he actually makes move. Right. He does like the karate sounds, too. <laughs> yeah. He does like a... Wah! And then he's like, yeah, motherfucker, I'm a black belt. And it's like, God, can Zac Efron bang your girlfriend again? Something, <laughs> anything. So Karate DJs was one possible title. That's a pretty dope title, actually. I'd watch that I would have been more drawn to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so that that actually works well with my third title, which is uh, I banged angry Adam Levine's girlfriend. 
and the cover is just Zac Efron like doing a double thumbs up while angry Adam Levine's in the corner. Yeah, being like, damn. Yeah, <laughs> wearing his fucking uh, shit. What uh. What are the what what are the karate robes? What's the white the kimono? <laughs> I don't know the fucking term. Um but he's wearing like a one of those white karate robes and he's like he's kind of doing his boards in the background. <laughs> yeah, but out of frustration, not yeah. out of discipline. Yeah, he's, no. He's angry. Um so the what I would call this movie is uh, "Congrats on the Sex" the movie <laughs> because the biggest That's thing that happens one. in the if so I just explained what the movie's about. But if you were to put a gun to my head and said, "Like you have three seconds to say what this movie's about," a guy gets to have st- like the big payoff of this movie is he has sex with Emily Ratajkowski. That is the that's what it's all leading up to, and then it happens, and you're like, "Well, I figured," <laughs> and that's kind of the movie. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good title. I would go with "Congrats on the Sex" movie. They also kill off uh, one of his friends. I will say, for as bad as a lot of the things in this movie were, an angry Adam Levine, very very good call. Uh, <laughs> fourth, fourth title, by the way, I'll give it bonus title. Yeah, uh, cool montage, bro. Cool montage, bro. <laughs> There's so many montages oh, in this yeah. movie. <laughs> And he's always running. So they do montages and they involve him running because apparently he's like a former track star track or something. Star, yeah. yeah. But when he's running, he's wearing his DJ headphones. <laughs> <laughs> he's running he, with these fucking craters on his ears. And he's always sprinting. Nobody yes. runs like that. Right. Nobody sprints down the street. Right. And also, anytime anybody runs in a movie, they run in the middle of the street. Yes. Which is very dangerous. So don't because, do that in real life. Well, they're in LA. There's no cars, bro. Um,. <laughs> So they're in the valley, actually. That's right. They're in the, and that's they, that causes one of the fights. Yeah. Um, so his friends are. Um, oh, the guy from uh, Grounded for Life is also in it. The I, uh, I he's know. also in Superbad. He's um, ah fuck. He's in Wolf of Wall Street. You know a guy the like the only adult in the movie. Oh, John Bernthal. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's is that no is that him? Yep. Really? Yep. And is that that's the guy that plays Shane in Walking yep. Dead? Yep. That's the same person. Yep mind permanently blown um but the other people other than him that are in it are his friends and i will say that of every group of people in the human race the ones that i think are most cringeworthy to put on screen are uh 20 year old 20 uh, white people in their 20s who are on drugs i hate his friends in this movie they're just like especially the one kid who he lives with the one that's always picking fights yeah yeah dude is like a super bro it reminded me of have you seen alpha dog yeah that movie would be so much better if it if they would have to bend the truth because it's based on a true story but it's like get rid of the white people in their 20s who are doing (laughs) drugs they're all so uncomfortable to watch such tools i was glad when one of them died uh by the way yes um so the kid the kid who died his name is squirrel yes uh he dies after the first night of partying at their new house, which is such a me move. If I, <laughs> if I ever get a house, I 100% die on die the first party. Your housewarming party? Yeah, the first party. That's amazing. Uh, back in the day, I had a housewarming party back in the day, and on the Facebook invite... We uh, just made the picture a house that was burning down <laughs> because, like, warm fire. We thought that was hilarious. We cracked up at that one for a little bit. That was classic. 
That would be amazing if you died at the first party you threw. <laughs> also, dying at your own party is like uh, getting blackout at your own wedding, which is now becoming fashionable, actually. It used to be like, you know, you don't want to, like, you need to be of some use to the, the your wife or whatever. And now it's like, Nobody I, has every wedding I go to, it's like, they say, if you have sex at your own wedding, you fucked up. Yeah, that seems pretty accurate. I, ooh, why, why would you want to have sex at your wedding? But I think that used to be that. And maybe yeah. it was just because the way it was portrayed in movies would be like, off to the honeymoon yeah. suite, Mr. Carry him in and throw him on the bed. Right. Just like, <laughs> carry him in, throw him in bed and fucking pass out. <laughs> go watch some Netflix. Duh, right, yeah. It's like, we're ordering pizza. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's... Uh, do we, do we have any other takes uh, on this? I have, a, I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, was there anybody in that movie who didn't want to fuck Zac Efron? Uh, who didn't want to fuck... Well, all of his friends wanted to fuck Zac yeah, Efron. Exactly. He was and like the, the... The DJ definitely wanted to fuck Zac Efron. Oh, that, that's... Oh, yeah. That's all the DJ's game was. Yeah. There's no way he would have singled him out out of all these people to take under his wing if he was like... If you were, weren't like, hey, you've got really good arms, man. And by the way, he was like basically begging him to fuck his girlfriend. Yes, he was. Uh, he like sent, sent them to, them to a party together. Uh, one question, and I don't want to get too into like ethics and everything. Do you think that uh, Zac Efron's character was within his rights to bang Emily no, Ratajkowski? I don't I think, think so. He was really because I didn't think the I didn't think the boyfriend was overly terrible to the. The, the but girl. they showed that he was like macking on chicks at the club. Remember when they went to the strip club? Uh, when I don't remember during one of his sets. They during one of Cole's sets. They show him looking into the crowd, and he's and the DJ, uh, angry Adam Levine, is like super drunk, and he's like leaning against a wall with this girl. So I think that was like the okay from the movie to the viewer to be like, all right, now you get to give this guy permission to. I I don't know. It, not if the guy takes you under his wing and like he's like your mentor. And he was like buying him shit. Yeah. He really wanted to fuck Zach Efron. Yeah. He, yeah, he bought him a laptop. He also the things he was teaching him musically, those are pretty basic things. Zach Efron was a pretty shitty DJ. If he didn't know to like like the things that this DJ taught him, he's like, Hey, I'm listening to your track. The piano. Have you ever thought of like recording piano? And Zach Efron's like, what? And he's like, thanks for the sage advice. Right. He's like, you know, like the hand claps you use. What if you just recorded actual like hand claps? It's like these are basic, basic fucking things. It's like basically don't make your song in GarageBand. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he pretty much says that to him. Yeah. He's like, it's going to sound like every, every other fucking computer thing. DJ. Right. Um, what was I going to say? Um, I thought it was hilarious that they, when he asked him to play him a song for the first time, that he played it on his phone. Yeah. Like, this dude lives in a multi-million dollar house with a, a recording studio. He's got it. some Sonos set up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just get on his like, Wi-Fi. Plays on his phone. An EDM song on his phone. You which just is, like, did... the worst thing that you would ever want to do. You've done PCP with this guy. You're you're automatically on his Wi-Fi. By the way, the PCP scene was fucking ridiculous. Everything where they all was turned, ridiculous. They all turned to cartoons. There was a scene at uh, when he was DJing at the party at uh, Angry Adam Levine's house where they just zoomed... I don't know if you noticed. They just zoomed, zoomed in, on her, in on her tits for like six and a half and seconds. Didn't show them. Didn't say anything. Like, there was no dialogue. There was... 
Nothing. Well, it was like they were showing like the heartbeats of every else, everybody else in the party. So they like zoomed in on their chest and like did like the X-ray thing. Oh, but they didn't do they didn't do the X-ray thing for her. They were just like, hey, check out these tits. I thought they were like, <laughs> we're twenty six minutes in the movie. Are we losing you? We're we losing you. Okay, check out these tits, 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 tits. Um, I would love to meet some people who loved that movie. Because they like, they exist, yeah. For those sure. be some good guests. They those people are probably the worst people on earth. Uh, dude, just it, that's just the people that are in the movie. I think that liked it probably, <laughs> like the kid who played Squirrely or whatever. Also, you can't have your nickname be Squirrel, Squirrel because every time you have sex, it's going to be like when he had sex in the movie. She's like Squirrel, give me the nuts. Like <laughs> I, if I were him, I would have been like, you know what. I'm interested, but not that interested. Probably the most unrealistic unrealistic thing in that movie is that kid having sex. Uh, with that girl, or yeah. just in general? Just or in being general. named Squirrel <laughs> and having sex. Yeah, all of those. Uh, if memory serves, she was pretty attractive, too. Yeah. But I think they, they painted her with the crazy brush. The they, only way that that, that that dude has sex is if like his buddy, Cole, gets like uh, super famous. And he gets trickle down. So he gets like or, uh, he gets like fat turtle sex. Yeah, yeah. And his name is Squirrel, so that's kind of fitting. Uh, quick acapella heat check. Uh, Pitch Perfect worked. This movie didn't. Does this mean that acapella is cooler than uh, EDM. EDM? There are a lot of things cooler than EDM. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy for EDM. I don't love it. I like stuff EDM, with EDM, EDM elements. EDM needs like needs like a a brand makeover. Yeah. It's super douchey. Yeah, it's very douchey. It's very white. It's very, um, which maybe that's why they felt they could get away with, seriously, casting no black, no people. black people. Even at the the parties. There was literally, like, no black people in that movie. Like, yeah. not even on the streets of L.A. Yeah. Oh, also, speaking of the parties, you know when the, so there's a scene where uh, angry Adam Levine sends uh, Zac Efron and Emily Ratajkowski to a party together for some reason, and it's a party. She so she went to Stanford, and it's like a Stanford party with people she went to college with. And he overhears uh, two guys being like, "So you see that Sophie chick over there? You know the one who's in this like small room with the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, she was a huge slut back in the day. Like everyone saw her tits." And they had sex with her. I personally didn't have sex with her, Sophie, right there. But, and like, they're having this loud fucking conversation for everyone. And she's standing five feet away. I've never had that conversation about, like, or that type of conversation to be like, hey, you know, Pete, he's a huge douchebag, but I think, like, it is. Especially if they're right fucking there. It was. And and then Zach Efron's character then proceeds to punch the kid in the sucker face. Sucker punches him. By the way, that was not a sucker punch. That was telegraphed from miles away, and the kid just fucking ate it. I've actually gotten into big arguments that have almost led to punches over what constitutes a sucker punch. I think that if it's if a punch is just thrown out of nowhere, then. That's a fucking sucker punch. Yeah, but all right. Here's what happened. Zac Efron dropped. But he was like, aggressing. Dr- well, dropped yeah. like a uh, like a. a he called him gay. Line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. He was like, "When you guys jerk each other off, right? Who comes first, right?" Which and then, and then there was there was no response from either of those dudes. They just looked at him for like ten seconds, right? And then he just punched him in the <laughs> yeah, face. They're like, "Leave us alone, you freak." 
<laughs> because like, I mean, what do you think when somebody's like, hey, you guys jerk each other off, and then you, you just stand there for 10 seconds? He's going to punch you in the face. Now I like to imagine they weren't having that conversation, and that Zac Efron's character is such a douche that he just goes <laughs> up to two guys who happen to be talking to each other at a party and be like, the two hey. wrong guys at the party. So, right, yeah. <laughs> two actual gay guys. Right, yeah. It's like, hey, you guys jerk each other off, and you just punch them in the face. Yeah. That would, I mean, that would be horrible. That would make the movie way more interesting. If it's like, all right, he's this DJ, used to be a track star, he's trying to figure out what to do with his life. And he's now he's also, a homophobic right, asshole. He's just, he has crippling homophobia, keeps getting in his own way, keeps attacking these fucking sweethearts at parties for absolutely no reason. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that that did earn him some points with uh, with Miss Radikowski. Um uh, so I guess this should take us to Zac Efron heat check. Why do we think he took this movie? Because uh, he has no idea what he's doing with his career. Th- this <laughs> is, we've always suspected, or we've always used this as an example of him not knowing what he's doing with his career. This confirms it so much. <laughs> so uh, I really hope that, and I b- believe that this is the case, I believe that he read the script and was like, Hell yeah! This is gonna be like the artsy movie that that puts me over the top, and people are gonna respect me now. Yeah, and, and it was just a piece of shit. Well, I tried to very briefly before uh, we started recording this. I tried to connect the dots between all these movies, and it's like, d- does he feel that? Does he just want to make sure he's the best actor in a movie? Maybe that's it, because that's that's kind of what he is in Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. But it's like you, you did a movie with De Niro. And you did a movie with Michael B. Jordan. He, like, Miles Teller might be... Yeah, Miles Teller is a definitely, better actor. Yeah, he's in fucking actor. Whiplash. My, Miles Teller is a better actor than you. Um, maybe so he, did, no maybe he just took the took the gig because they said that he he could have sex with Adam Lee Radikowski. And they were not working with a working title, which is uh, neither of these people get <laughs> naked. <laughs> right. Uh, but, I mean, even if that was the name of the movie, they definitely had sex off camera. Oh, yeah. Huge. For sure. Yeah, so uh, quick little uh, C-O-T-S to, uh, to our friend Zach Efron. I just abbreviated on the fly. That was I, I don't like really, it. really hard to do. I don't like it. That was maybe you the need most to impre- say it. Yeah. <laughs> Cots. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that what we've got? Let's see. What are, I have like four or five notes. Oh, man, we almost missed it. What? Line of the movie. Oh God! Don't uh, bro me if you don't know yeah. me. Uh, and by the, the way, they miss a they miss a couple chances to drop that multiple times, right? Because the the party where they fought over sushi, yes, at, at Angry Alan Levine's house, the guy calls him bro. He calls him bro, and, and he doesn't gets up doesn't and drop him in it. The pool. Yeah. yeah. So, um, one of the white people in their twenties who uses drugs uh, says, "Don't bro me if you don't know me." To some guy who says, "Like, oh, come on, bro," to him, and. It's funny, I wrote that down uh, as soon as he said it, and when you were watching it, you texted me, don't bro me if you don't know me, great line. I think it's a great sounding line, it's a bar, for sure. Totally disagree with it, though. Uh, I mean, it's not like a, it's not like an offensive thing to call somebody bro, right? Right, like if someone, so say we're at a party. It depends on the context, really. Yeah, say we're at a party, and a guy comes up to me, assuming he doesn't start Firing off yeah. some aggressive homophobia, <laughs> and then <laughs> punch jerk each other off, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, Whatever. I've been broed before. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm. I don't call people bro to their face. I refer to people as bros. Um, 
I'll say man or something. Yeah. But yeah, you can do that to me. Uh, no harm that, or foul. That line, by the way, is like douche chills all oh, the way up the spot. There are a lot of douche <laughs> chills in this movie. Uh, yeah. Don't bro me if you don't know me. Oh, God. As soon as I saw that, though, I uh, went on Amazon to see if there was a shirt because I, because if you wear that, if get, you wear get that, it on prime a shirt. shipping and we got it in time for Lala. If you were, are you going to get it? No. Okay, good. Because if you were, I could not be seen with you wearing it. <laughs> we're going to be dressed like animals, and you can't have a shirt that says, don't bro me if you don't know me. So um glad we got to the bottom of uh, that. Glad we watched that movie. You guys can continue to submit your suggestions. Uh, we uh, came up with this, uh, yes. this bylaw. Golden uh, rule. Yeah. Uh, if it's a terrible movie. Um, we will watch it, but we're not going to pay for it. We don't pay so, for it. Yeah, here on brunch. we don't pay for a lot of things. We don't have an account yet. Yeah. Um. Uh. <laughs> so, if you so this one was on HBO. Yes. So, um. So that was free. But if you're going to send us a terrible movie, don't expect us to pay for it. It's got to be Netflix, HBO, um, Hulu. Which does that really? Don't let me the other day. I was like, why the fuck do I still have Hulu? It's, I uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, Hulu is basically like the title of yeah. of streaming. Yeah. No, nobody. It's, there's no reason to have it. Yeah. No reason for it to exist. Very exist. very silly. Um, was I going to say? Um, let's see. Oh, uh, we also wanted to get into. Um, oh no, I was going to say on the subject of Netflix. I know you haven't started watching it yet, but I've got three episodes left of Stranger Things, and that shit is tough to turn off. Really? Okay. I've heard good things, but I have no idea what it is. It, uh, it's a 80s, it's like a very 80s, uh, it's set in the 80s, and it's made to look like it's in the 80s, and like the music is all very synthy and everything, and it's just like a science fiction slash kind of horror series and it's really good it's got like a lot of the typical um storylines like the 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 good high school girl who's like dating the jock and all this bad shit's going on it's really good um but it's tough to stop watching i fired up an episode this morning and then watched like six in a row (laughs) it's ridiculous Uh, um side side on demand movie review quick one uh i saw the green room this week yeah what was that you said to watch it it's very very good um it was a uh it's about a punk band that witnesses a murder at a club in the green room um and the club is owned by uh nazis okay Uh, so they end up like closing themselves off in the green room uh, because they're not sure what the Nazis are going to do to them for s- witnessing the murder. So basically, they have to fight their way out. This sounds like a combination of... Uh, what is it called? Uh, some, uh, Jennifer's Body? Is that what it's called? It. Uh, Jennifer's Body and The Drop. Have, have you seen, seen the drop? either of those? Nope. Well, I would recommend The Drop. I watched it. Started like 40 minutes in, had no fucking clue what was going on, but I liked it until the Always end. Always a good way to review a movie. <laughs> I seriously, I, I tried I saw to... I have it, didn't know what the fuck was happening, but you should watch I that tried, movie. I, try, I tried to Wikipedia on the fly, and I just couldn't really get... I, even after reading the first like three paragraphs a few times, then that kind of set me back, and I just couldn't catch up, and I was like, you know what? 
I gotta gotta put Wikipedia to the side and just take this for what it is. And it's Tom Hardy. It's James Gandolfini. It's uh, there's a puppy in it. I know that there's a puppy so in it. There's organized crime. Um, is that what it was called? Jennifer's Body with uh, Megan Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it has that really good song um, by Panic the Disco, A New Perspective. Interesting. That was, uh, yeah. So that's our review of <laughs> The Drop, Jennifer's Body, The Green Room, and Stranger Things. Uh, we can combine to say that one of us has seen one of those things. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, oh. The Night Of. Because this is Monday. You guys are getting your The Night Of little review. Uh this this is like really... some shit happened in this this weekend. Yeah, um, this is <clears throat> really it's like blossoming. It's at first it, the first two episodes is just like totally all about Nas and the well, the first episode was amazing and the second episode was a lot of process. Like yeah. it was about like him getting to jail, right? Which was like not the most entertaining thing in the world, but I that was interesting. It's an eight. They presented it about yeah. as as well as they could have. It's an eight part series, right? Yeah, and yeah, that's interesting that they did spend an entire episode taking him, kind getting of from him to a jail. To B. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this episode, it's uh, turning into something that I didn't think it was going to be. Exactly. It's it. This is like a. For lack of a better term, it's just kind of a down the middle drama right now. Yeah, like um, it literally could be like the places that it could go. It could go a lot of places, but it could, it could really be Oz. It, it could be the practice. It could become like a like an action right part action series. I did not know that Michael K. Williams was going to be in it. Did you? I did. I did so know that. that was a wonderful, pleasant surprise. But I will say, um, one of my takes after the second episode is that I like that, with the exception of John Turturro. They'd only used um, people that you probably hadn't seen before, and that kind of made it feel more real Less of a and show. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's just supremely acted by um, the, the the kid who plays Nas is awesome. The parents are awesome. Quick shout out to uh, Nas's mom. I think that she is very pretty. Um, she got some boob action this week. Oh, she got yeah. yeah. But I I had said that to you after episode yeah. two. Yeah. It was yeah, it wasn't her getting basically assaulted by the the guard. Um but uh yeah, I think that she's like super pretty. Um so shouts Nas's mom. Uh but I was upset in episode 2 when they introduced the creepy stepfather because he's played by the hot guy from House of Cards. Yep. And I was really pissed off about that. Why? Because I I wanted it to just be all people I hadn't okay. I hadn't dealt with before and then the one person that I did know being John Turturro because that's hilarious because he's the goofiest person in the world. So this uh, Turturro was uh, originally supposed to be played by Gandolfini. Yes. Um, which of like, the drop fame. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if, if that was the case, this would have been just like a like best of cast of all eight previous HBO hits. Why? Because Who else? Oh yeah, well, the, Michael K. Williams. Michael yeah. K. Williams, The Wire. Yeah. Uh, the the hot dude, the hot stepfather was in um, Boardwalk Empire. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, and then there's is that it? Um, so there'd be like the The Sopranos, The Wire, Boardwalk Empire, three of the best shows that have been on HBO. I I'm pretty sure uh, Danny McBride actually comes in <laughs> later as well. So can't uh, wait. Yeah. Um. What's JB Smoove is in an episode. Um. What was I going to say? Uh, the idea of a psoriasis group 
hilarious. That was to me. unbelievable. Loved that. What? My mom actually, I was watching it with my mom, and she woke up during that part, and she was like, what the fuck's going on? I was like, um, it's like an eczema therapy <laughs> Right, <laughs> yeah. That was gross, but it was funny. I was like, I, I bet that that happens, maybe. I, I, I don't know. That'd if be you, if you got a fucked up on your face and everything, I'd, that, that would, I would need to talk to somebody about that. That's what like online chat rooms are for. You don't actually meet for that. That's true, because then you don't want people to see it. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to. You don't want to see other people. That's true. Eczema on their face. You got that shit on your face. Last thing you want to do is see more of it. <laughs> um, but it does. Uh, it speaks to the fact that with all the different things going on in this show right now, there's no storyline that when it's focused on it, you want them to switch away. No, you know, like it's all interesting. Um, I want to see more of um, Jack with his son i want to know who that woman was who picked him up i want to know his family i want to know all this shit so i want to i want to see like a spinoff with him and the cat yes um we should talk There's a thousand percent chance that he ends up with that cat right yeah because he's he asked be back how, in nine he, days. he asked how long it would take before they kill the cat right and they said 10 days and he's definitely gonna be not back. soon enough cats <laughs> suck Fuck with me, Peter. If you bring if you bring a cat to like a, a shelter, <laughs> can we expedite this? You should just shoot it. <laughs> oh God! They just have a gun behind the counter and they just blow that cat's brains out. Uh, the cat is important. We can agree on that, right? Yes, but I think every time I see it, I think of what different red herring it could be. I think that it's being used to fuck with us, and um, but I'm trying to think. There was a there was uh, oh in Breaking Bad. The ricin looked to be a red herring, right? It, everyone yeah. thought, like, it's definitely not for Lydia because they keep showing the stevia. There's no way they would make it that obvious. And then the ricin ends up being for, for Lydia. So I think Breaking Bad kind of fucked with me of when I see a perceived red herring. I'm like, do we follow this? And do we, do we look into the, the cat thing? But, I mean, the cat's at least temporarily out of the picture now. I don't really know what it's trying to fucking say, though. Like, every time they show the cat, it's by a door, you know? Yeah. Or it's by a gate it's, or something. Yeah, it's like trying to get in or out. Right. And it's like, how did the cat get out when... Because it was inside when he went to take pictures of the place, and then when he walked by later, it's outside. And it kind of keeps going in and out. Um, if we're to believe that uh, that was the cat at the end of the, the first episode. So, I don't know what it's trying to tell us, but... I'm I'm dubious. Are you uh are you just as excited? Are you less excited? Are you more excited uh than you were after the first episode? Oh, I'm like fully in. I was psyched after the first episode, but now I'm anxious. I lost a little bit of steam after the second episode where it was like just the process and I was like, "Oh, this could be this could drag a little bit." Um but now I'm Oh, I see I loved the second episode. I thought that the, like the the Harvard shirt thing. I thought that maybe it was just like I was too uh, I was too hyped after the first episode and how good it was. Right. That it, I was like kind of bummed that it slowed down so much. Well, they spent so much time on Jack in the second episode, but they didn't really establish his character. They established the shit out of the other characters, like uh, Box. Is that his name? Yeah. Um, like they gave you pretty much everything you need to know about that guy. Um, just between how he sets him up with the parents and how he sets him up with the Harvard shirt and that he's really, really knowledgeable. Even you, that goes back into episode one where he's talking to the, um, the pothead about 
when he's like, oh, it's like some Arab dude. And he's like, he clearly knows his shit when it comes to religion and the different races and everything. So he's a learned guy, but he's a subtle beast, as they say in the second episode. But yeah, they didn't really, you don't find out that shit about Jack until this episode where they're like, yeah, he just basically does really, really quick cases and he settles settles all the time. Um, I, uh, did you find yourself wanting them to choose, uh, the woman over Jack? Um, yeah, kind of. I one million you want, percent did. You want that? You want to build that, and you want a storyline out of it, right? Where like he's fighting to get the case back, or whatever but also he's just to like do. my primary concern is Nas, and she's not gonna fuck this up, and he's going to. You think so? Yeah, I think. Well, on paper, at least. Um, maybe in the end, uh, just with the show, he comes back and he saves the day and everything. Maybe it's like a rush hour type thing where it's like. You're and off the case, and, and also then he like, a, it and, and then also like the and like the the aspect of realism. Like this is a high profile case. He's a front page right. news. Like there's going to be a top lawyer that wants that case, right? And will do it pro bono. Yeah, lawyers. Uh, does the, or maybe you'll know. Does that fucking happen? I would assume so. Like if you're trying to kind of like make a name for yourself or yeah. whatever, you can take like a front page story and just work it for free. Right, but I'm saying, so why didn't Jack do that? Because he's not that kind of lawyer. <laughs> like, he wants the, he wants the fucking case, and he needs the money, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I've got a good feel. Maybe I'm an idiot. i got a good feeling about this woman. She's She's got the, the money. She's got the chops. They speak Pakistani. But she, doesn't, she doesn't care. She, uh, so, like, she doesn't have the personal touch that jack does and i mean that they kind of made that clear with her bringing um the the interpreter right. and just like the... plucking her out and not really knowing her name and yeah. everything yeah um i don't know i just maybe just because she's better dressed she's and she's colder she's a lot colder she's a more of a like a typical lawyer ah see that's the thing i i mean hopefully we're never in the situation but i would hope uh i I would want the like more lawyery lawyer. I would want someone with some chops. And like this, this motherfucker is this just isn't, really, really. This goofy. isn't like a DUI <laughs> facing the possibility of jail, jail for life. Right. Yeah. So you don't want like a cutesy lawyer. <laughs> exactly. Um, I do love though that every time someone sees him, they ask him how his feet is, how yeah. his feet are. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty bad. I love that he, he saran wrapped them. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, it's a good fucking thing they showed that. They spend so much fucking time on that. I love it. Um, I uh, do you want to see the, the the prison stuff with Nas? That actually, of all these uh, storylines, that actually might be my least favorite. Maybe just because I'm so anxious watching it. Yeah, I. Um, so I I just hope that it doesn't get like too ridiculous. Yeah, I don't want it to be a prison show. That's my no, big yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I uh, the the bed burning thing was was odd. Yeah, I didn't really. I didn't really get it. Like, th- did they think that he was in the bed, or are they just burning it to intimidate him? So, uh, th- so that was definitely his bed, right? I, th- I believe so. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't positive. Um, also, like, how do you, how do you light a bed on, fi- on fire in prison? Want to talk vice principles? Yeah, where are you on vice principles? Uh, two episodes in, watching both. Yeah, but I mean, like, where are you in terms of your enjoyment feeling, wise? Your feelings oh, towards okay. it? Okay. Um, 
I like uh, I in general I like it. Um, I'm I know though that I'm just a sucker for Danny McBride, and that maybe the rest of the show isn't as good as Danny McBride is. But this se- this uh, second episode, I've come to really like uh, Lee, the other guy. And the best part of the entire episode was at the end where they're kind of trying to please each other and uh, they're making those gestures while the principal's talking. So it, while they're praying. Right. Oh, that's what, yeah, they're praying and they're making like just like pretty basic sexual gestures. <laughs> and I, I don't know why. It just left me, left a good taste in my mouth to finish up that, that scene where they trashed uh, the principal's house. Had to be like the funnest scene must, to film yeah. in in TV history, right? That was basically so, like the fight scene of uh, Pineapple Express. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, so the the part where they fucking stuck the chair in the wall with all four legs it was fucking amazing. Yeah, um, I yeah, I mean, like, so like the 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 show doesn't have depth, right? And no. n- none of us are expecting it to have that. So I think that I'm gonna be. I'm going to find myself defending this show a lot. I think that um, I read one review after the first episode that was like, Vice Principals is not funny and it's racist, which brings us to a segment uh, that we like to call... Uh, is it racist? <laughs> two white people who have never had to experience racism weigh in on racism. It's like so, the time that we discussed feminism. Right. Yeah. Maybe not the best people to, to do it. Uh, but the argument that was made was um, because it was like Newsweek or Time or something like that. Because it made a racist joke, the right. show was racist. So, yeah, they said that because um, Danny McBride's character suggested uh, the principal only got her job because of affirmative action. Oh, yeah, he said that she was an affirmative action hire. Uh, this person called the show racist. And... I would think that using racism to show how people are dumb has been a thing that's existed forever. They're like, you know how dumb this character is? This is what he this is the way that he thinks. And having racism in a show right. depicted in a show and in, within a character doesn't make the product racist. Right. Oftentimes that's the stupidest oftentimes argument. in shows the bad guys are racist or yeah. evil or they kill people or like so this yeah. person the person who wrote and this th- review was a time magazine yeah like i would love to read their review on american history x that's what i yeah it was like so did they think that like selma was a racist movie because the bad guys were racist like this is this is kind of like eastbound and down the quote-unquote protagonist is a bad guy yeah for sure it, like those both of the both main characters are just like bad people. Right. Like the first like five things that we see from Danny McBride's character are he's super insensitive to his boss when uh, his wife's dying of cancer. <laughs> he goes home and lies to his family. Uh, he's a huge dick to the only person on the show who's nice to him, which is uh, her, his ex-wife's new husband. Right. Which I still love that. That touch. aspect is amazing. He's so he's <laughs> such a nice guy. He's probably the only nice guy on the show. Um, so yeah, I think that making a character a douchebag does not make a show ra- a, an entire show rate. Like basically, what pisses me off about that is it says like if you watch the show and you find it funny, then you're racist or like you enjoy racist humor or whatever. And that's not they don't make like black jokes on the show or they don't make racist jokes. They just 
he says that she's an affirmative action hire to show what a dick he is. And then in this episode, uh, he went to uh, the Walton Goggins house. Yes. And uh, the Asian woman answered the door, and he spoke in an Asian accent. <laughs> oh, God, that's right. <laughs> oh, and, he's such a dick. And she was like, yeah, come in. <laughs> right. What a dick. That's. Have you seen uh, Arrested Development? Uh, parts of it. Uh, so there's a scene where uh, Buster... They're driving to Mexico, and Buster jumps into the back of the car, into the trunk, because he's trying to escape, and uh, they drop someone off at their house, and uh, it's like five feet away, but because he fell asleep, he thinks that he wake, he's waking up in Mexico, and just like a Spanish woman asks him, she's like, hey, what are you trying to do? And he responds, I'm trying to find a place to live. <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing. Oh, nothing better than than racist so, accents. Right. So that concludes this edition of two white people who have not had to experience racism guess as to what is probably not racist. I don't think that that show is racist. What a segment. Right. Um, let's see. What else do we got? Uh, so we did Lollapalooza prep. Um last week because i was an idiot and didn't realize that we were doing uh an episode for monday uh but uh <clears throat> what final thoughts do you have heading into chicago anything that you're particularly excited about i see you're wearing your houndmouth shirt i am i'm very excited to see houndmouth um i am more am kind of just excited for all of it which is yeah. such a lame answer but like like a trip a hotel room and like all that <laughs> yeah. shit yeah no i'm i'm, I'm kind of with you um, I'm gonna try to sleep on the plane because Thursday's gonna be the longest day of our lives. I bought a book. You bu- is that why you were at Barnes and Noble? Yeah. Well, no, because I was signing paperwork for Fox. But oh, okay. I ended up buying a book while I was there. What book did you buy? It's called uh, "Everybody's Fool." Oh, is that the one with the dog on the cover? Yes, it is. Nice. And is that all you know? Is that there's a dog? Uh, that's basically why I bought it. But it also won the Pulitzer Prize. Apparently. Mm. Wow. So, uh, so uh, I guess it's gonna be pretty good. I'm going to pick up either Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates or uh, Harambe's Biography. <laughs> One of those two things. Um, so I just found out that I just Googled this book, and I don't think it won the Pulitzer Prize, but uh, um, it's a sequel, which is bad news for Did me because I didn't read the first oh, one. Oh, yikes. <laughs> Amazing. Did it win? It, it, what was the thing? A Caldecott Medal? That used to be a big deal. Remember those? Nope. Uh, <laughs> that was it. So it says on, it says it, it has the dog in the cover. It says everybody's fool. It says Richard Russo, and then under under Richard Russo's name, it says winner of the Pulitzer Prize. So I feel like this is false advertisement. That's because, a douchey thing because he won the Pulitzer Prize. The book didn't. That's like yeah. That's like when um, it's okay when you're promoting a movie when it's in theaters to be like Academy Award nominee, uh, like such and such. But once that shit is coming out to DVD and you're uh, pushing it on on demand and everything, you don't get to say Academy Award nominee because then it sounds like you're suggesting they were nominated for, for, it, for that movie. Yeah. So if you're like Academy Award fucking winner Zac Efron from High School Musical because you won like the Academy Award for best looking 12 year old, uh, you're suggesting that he won an award for We Are Your Friends. I currently hold the crown for best looking 12 year old. <laughs> 12 year old. Yeah, congrats on the sex. Thank you. 